2: Make sure to go to TimCast.com, click join us and become a member to support this podcast and all the work we do, and you'll get access to exclusive uncensored segments from TimCast IRL and way more. Now, let's jump into the first story. An active duty U.S. Air Force member, self-immolated in front of the Israeli embassy in D.C., and according to the New York Post, has succumbed to his injuries. The video is going Insanely viral. And this this Monday morning video, it's a sad story about zealotry, about online indoctrination and mental illness. Now, of course, the far left and those who are ardent supporters of Palestine will tell you that this is a story of conviction, of moral fortitude. But I think when you listen to what the guy had to say, you take a look at his actions I think it's fair to say that this guy was heavily indoctrinated by online influence, wrapped up into a deranged state of mind, which resulted in him taking his own life. There's some other elements of the story that are actually kind of off putting and people are laughing about as this man was on fire, a police officer ran up aiming a gun at him. And everyone's just kind of like, what are you doing and why? One cop screams, I don't need guns. I need fire extinguishers. I will not play the video, but I will show you the statement before the immolation. Uh, The video is all over X if you want to watch it. We're here to comment on it. But uh, I will play the initial parts of the video where he explains what he's doing and why. In the video, this U.S. Air Forceman explains that this is we, that we are a colonizing force committing a genocide, and therefore it must be stopped. So he decides to pour some liquid over himself, setting himself on fire. And now, according to the New York Post, he is dead. You know, look, part of me wonders about someone who's willing to do something like this. And I think it is, I don't, I don't know, I, I suppose you could say mental illness I I really, really do, because there's no logic in what he's doing. There's not much to be gained. So when you stop and think about the logical pathways of an individual and their goals, you think to yourself, what would this accomplish for an individual ending your own life? Now, there could be such strong moral conviction. He's hoping that by doing this, it'll generate a lot of attention and it will result in uh, big news and I don't know. His memory will live on in these individuals. They'll be inspired. I honestly have no idea. No, I do know. The Arab Spring was started by a man in Tunisia who lit himself on fire, triggering a wave of protests across northern Africa. So, of course, there is something for these individuals to gain from this. But I don't think the logic is thought out too much in this regard. Unfortunately for this man, we are not Tunisia. We are not I a, 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 uh, I don't see this sparking enough instability or or attention, or, or I don't see this as doing really much of anything. So what I see is a young man who did not properly think out, if I do X, then what do I get out of it? In a place like Tunisia, and and to this man, fair point, maybe they just don't care. In Tunisia, at the start of the Arab Spring, it was um. Who was it? Was it Muhammad Wazizi? Was that his name? It's been it's been so long. This was a man who had nothing. He didn't light himself on fire because he was like, I stand with the colonized peoples. No, it was he was trying to sell fruit. He was struggling to survive. And he got a fine for selling fruit without a permit, I believe. And he was thinking to himself, this is as the story goes, there's nothing for me to do. I'm dead. I am dead. I can't make money. I can't sell fruit. There's nothing I can do. So he killed himself, and he did it in a brutal way. It wasn't so much as I understand it. I stand here in opposition to the government. No, it was more just pure desperation. I am done with this guy. He had many means of affecting change. This probably will result in a whole lot of nothing. Many are already dismissing it outright as an act of mental illness. But this is what I want to bring up in this story. After we we go through it, I know I'm kind of ranting. <clears throat> is that it's a question about what mental illness is? If you are someone who is of stable mind. But you get sucked into an online world where the only thing you see is zealotry and 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 false information. You will go insane and end up taking your own life in a way that, well, to be honest, may end up doing nothing. Now, of course, the left always has a rallying cry. They're posting images of Jesus Christ carrying this man into heaven. I kid you not. Here's the story from the New York Post: a U.S. Air Force member dies after setting himself on fire at Israel Israeli embassy in D.C. yelling free Palestine. They say Aaron Bushnell has died from his injuries after self-immolating outside the uh, Israeli embassy in D.C., authorities confirmed on Monday. A U.S. official confirmed 25-year-old Bushnell's death to NBC News on Monday, though did not provide a cause of death. I think everyone is quite aware of how he died. Officials were still notifying next of kin Monday And will not officially announce his death until 24 hours after that is complete, the outlet said. But here we are. We know a harrowing video live streamed on Twitch on Sunday afternoon appeared to show the servicemen dressed in uniform standing in front of the embassy and identifying himself as a member of the U.S. Air Force. Quote, I will no longer be complicit in genocide. I am about to engage in an extreme act of protest, Bush now reportedly said before setting himself ablaze, repeatedly crying out free Palestine. I'm not going to play the uh, uh, full video. I'm only going to play a clip of what he was saying. And um, we won't show any of the, the very extreme uh, uh, stuff here, okay? But uh, I, w- I want you to hear his words.
0: is Aaron Bushnell. No. I am an active duty member of the United States Air Force. And I will no longer be complicit in genocide. I'm about to engage in an extreme act of protest, but compared to what people have been experiencing in Palestine at the hands of their colonizers, it's not extreme at all.
2: That's what I wanted to show. I don't want to show any of his video and, and, you know, it's bad enough that it went up on Twitch and all that stuff. I suppose people have a right to see it, but uh, I'm not here for that. I'm here to point out the words he just said and what this means. Experiencing a genocide at the hands of their colonizers. I saw a video. Um, there's a, there's a, an interview with Haya Reichick of Libs of TikTok and Taylor Lorenz, and it is it's actually there's, there's many parts that are pretty funny, but of course on the right people are saying you know uh, Haya has absolutely destroyed Taylor Lorenz, and on the left are saying Taylor Lorenz has actually absolutely, absolutely proven Libs of TikTok to be so stupid. For those aren't familiar. I'm trying to pronounce it properly, is uh, uh, the uh, individual behind Libs of TikTok. And I think there are, there are, you know, there's a back and forth there for sure. Certainly, I think uh, uh, Libs of TikTok could have had some better answers. And Taylor Lorenz certainly did not come off as all that intelligent, but it is what it is. And I watch this and I look at the utter indoctrination of someone like Taylor Lorenz. And she's wearing a mask, seemingly for no reason. And they they live in these very distinct and separate worlds. But in this, there's a question that Haya is asked about the harm being caused by the issue of transgenderism. Haya just says over and over again, it's, it's not, it's not, it's, it's a lie. And a lie is harm. A lie is bad. And Taylor Lorenz says, what's the material harm? And I, th- I think about this because, you know, obviously um, I can give you very substantial uh, examples of material harm as to leftist ideology in general, including um, gender ideology, for which I will and it is self-harm. It's suicidality, as we're seeing right now. What is the harm of these far-left social media communities getting unfettered access to spread lies and misinformation? People kill themselves. That's what they do. On the right, we don't seem to see all that much. In fact, the, you know, as much as they claim the right is spreading mis- and disinformation, what's the worst thing we've seen from the right? January 6th. Certainly there were, uh, I don't know, several dozen to uh, hundreds of individuals violently fighting with police officers, several hundred maybe. Um, Out of the thousand plus people who actually went in the building, the overwhelming majority just walked into open doors, confused as to what was going on. Many of them did step over broken glass, and those people knew they were trespassing or doing something. And many of them did fight with cops. But in, you know, descending order, the largest group of people to enter the building had no idea what was going on. So it was a bad thing. Did they burn the building to the ground? No. Did they try to? No. They just tried to get in and then they left. Yeah, not good, um, mind you. But on the far left, we've seen, I don't know, cities get taken over, uh, sections of cities taken over. We've seen people shot and killed with high powered rifles. We've seen in Provo, Utah, far left just run up to a car and put a bullet in a driver's shoulder for no reason. Driver was just slowing down and making a left turn. They ran up and shot the driver for no reason. George Floyd riots. I mean, the things we have seen from the far left, the firebombing of the White House on May 29th, 2020, the, fi- the, 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 the attempted raising of St. John's Church. This is the zeal and zealotry of the far left. So, to get specific as to the point Taylor uh, Lorenz asked, when she has Higher Right Check, what are the material, material harms? increase in suicide. I mean, I don't want people to hurt themselves. I don't I didn't I don't want this man to hurt himself. I want it. He need therapy to sit there and be like the colonizers are doing all of these things. My friend to all the leftists right now say, yeah, but Tim, they are doing it. Certainly in China, these things are happening. I don't see anybody complaining about the Sudanese. This is the point I bring up all the time as it pertains to Israel, Palestine. We have Ian Crossland on TimCast IRL, and he says Israel is a, is is a <clears throat> a colonizer state. It was created by the Balfour Declaration, and, and I'm like, okay, round two. Name something
0: that's not boring.
2: A laundry. Oh, a book club.
1: Computer solitaire. Huh?
0: Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No by law, 18 plus, terms and conditions apply. website for details. Ian,
2: can you name any other countries that are similarly crafted, created, and maintained? No, I don't know. What about all the money we spend on Afghanistan and Iraq? What about the money we spent in uh, uh, Vietnam, which I think was $100 some ridiculous number, and only up until recently was that number surpassed? The United States interventionist policies did not start with and do not end with Israel. By all means, be be mad about it. You're allowed to. I'm not a fan of uh, Israeli military action, but I'm certainly no fan of what Hamas does. I believe Israel has the right to defend itself. But more importantly, I ain't here to get into an argument over anything about it. You know why? Because I'm an American, and I believe America should focus on American issues. And if there's one thing the left and I can agree on, it's I don't see why we are funding foreign war in this area. I don't see why we fund foreign war for the most part. No, I certainly understand the argument from the deep state. It's a bad argument. I don't care for it. I believe they are amoral, evil people who believe that the only way to create global stability is to crush it with an iron fist. You know, if bad people around the world do bad things, taint none of our business. I never signed up to be the world police, but that's what they want to be, the military arm of the planet. So I can certainly come to an agreement with the left that we will stop funding certain things. The only problem is, you know, many of these people, not not hardcore anti-interventionist leftists, but uh, give a shout out to our good friend Hassan Piker, who ragged on me for saying we should be funding Ukraine either. Look, I'm for the most part thinking, like, why are we involved in foreign war? And many of these leftists come out and they're like, no, 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 no. We're for foreign war, just not in Israel. And I'm like, yeah, okay. That's why I say this guy's mentally ill. Which gives, which brings me to the question of what is what do we mean by mental illness? It's interesting. Here's a man who was indoctrinated online to the point where he killed himself. Okay, is that really mental illness? Because is that within all of us to be capable of doing? What I mean by that is. what could this guy have been suffering from in terms of a, a, a chemical imbalance or, or, or problem in his own mind that led to this? Certainly, we, w- we would say the action was mentally ill, but the left will not. They'll say it was an act of moral fortitude and conviction. My view is that he read things online over and over and over again, and it reinforced in his mind this thing was happening. And certainly there is military action happening by Israel. The U.S. funds Israel and wants to fund them more But there's also China and the Uyghur Muslims. There's also the Sudanese conflict. And that's not even the beginning of it. I mean, you talk about South Africa. Come on. I'm not saying they're all equal. I'm saying that if you hyper focus on any one issue, it becomes the most important thing in the world. Do we call that mental illness? Because this was the only thing this guy could see. The left likes to go online and say, touch grass, means go outside, talk to regular people. I agree with touch grass. I do it quite a bit. Just went snowboarding and, uh, well, skiing. You know, I I typically would snowboard, but I just started skiing and, um, you know, I enjoy it a bit more. Just, it's chill. But I don't know, I'm probably better at snowboarding, as whatever. And we just, we're hanging out. Hanging out at the bars, going on the ski lift. We're all laughing and talking, just talking to regular people. Get out there and talk to some regular people. But it's important to understand as well. Just because you go and talk to regular people doesn't mean it is the real world or not the real world. The issue here with this man is that he certainly was not in the real world. He posted this on his uh, Twitch message. <clears throat> the account was called Lily and Our Kitty. Interesting. And he said, uh, or he was, I don't, I don't know if he was tweeting out someone else's or what, it's just a link to Lily and Our Kitty. And he says, many of us like to ask ourselves, what would I do if I was alive during slavery or the Jim Crow South or apartheid? What would I do if my country was committing genocide? The answer is you're doing it right now. The reality is to anybody who reads history, you're always doing it. Now, some are worse than others. That's a fact. But it really just depends on who wins and sets the moral standard. I've made the argument that right now the left is trying to liken illegal immigration to the issue of slavery, not in an extreme degree. I'm not saying people are coming out and saying undocumented people are treated like slaves. I'm not saying that. I'm saying the path we are on If this country does end up fighting over the issue, as we're seeing numerous jurisdictions trying to give non-citizens the right to vote, far leftists have begun calling illegal immigrants and criminal aliens undocumented citizens. Imagine the narrative 100 years after, let's call it a second civil war, where people say there used to be a time in this country where you could live in America, have a house, have a job, but you weren't allowed to vote. You are not entitled to any public benefits because you didn't have the right paperwork because you are not a free citizen. That's what they'll say. And right now you're sitting saying, no, 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 that's ridiculous. You're not a citizen of this country. You came here illegally. We have laws. But History is written by the victors. So what will end up happening if those who believe in an open border and most of the left does win, if they win, there's a war and the laws change. The Constitution gets amended. And it says something to the effect of a person's ability to vote and participate in human rights shall not be restricted on the basis of how they came to be in this country or something to that effect. What people don't understand about what would you do if you were alive, alive during slavery? People don't understand the institution of slavery. They really don't. There was um, this, this is a viral Internet story where a teacher says to all the students, how many of you if you were alive pre-Civil War, do you th- how many of you would oppose slavery? And they all raised their hands. And he said, okay, now I want each and, one of you, each, each and every one of you to tell me something you will actively and publicly support and defend right now that is not popular publicly. No one had anything to say. The only reason they raised their hands, they'd oppose slavery is because that was the popular thing to do. The reality is this. The institution of slavery, while widely disputed pre-Civil War for a long time, was a norm in this country. Meaning, you'd go to the grocery store, you you, you know, they didn't have supermarkets, but you'd go to the butcher, and there'd be a slave working. And they'd be cutting your meat for you. And you would just take it. You'd go to the cobbler, get your shoes done, and he'd have a slave working in the back. And every average person just said, it is what it is. It's normal. Now, of course, the narrative from the far left, Typically tends to be, or I should say, the leftist narrative slavery was always like merciless beatings on farms. And while that was a large component, and it's horrifying, the reason why slavery was able to persist is because it wasn't mostly merciless beatings. It was absolute control and the severing of free will of man, which on average, people were willing to tolerate. I'll tell you this if I was alive back then, I would absolutely have been opposed to slavery as most of you would ha- would be as well why because each and every one of us are individuals who have opposed the popular narrative in in uh, to de- to defend what is moral and just and what is right and what defends a person's human rights and for that we'd probably find ourselves as you know let's be honest i don't think i'd be a john brown abolitionist wouldn't be walking around doing anything crazy like that no, I'd be writing letters arguing that it's a horrible thing and it shouldn't be allowed, and stuff like that. It violates the the idea that people have inalienable rights, all that stuff. That's based on my moral philosophies. Many of us like to ask ourselves, what would I do if I was alive during slavery, or the Jim Crow South or apartheid? What's fascinating here is that we're looking at a major crisis in this country. The southern border is wide open to the tune of millions of people every year. Yeah, a country like this can't sustain itself. It was Bernie Sanders himself who said in 2015 that if you have open borders, your nation will become poorer and that it's a Koch brothers proposal. My, my. Nine years later, nine years, and the Democrats are full on open borders while publicly saying, no, we're not. But they are. They tried to pass a bill. They, they, they did pass the bill in the Senate to codify Illegal immigration into legal immigration. They called it the border security bill. And uh, sure, it would have reduced illegal immigration by legalizing all of the border crossings, which are currently illegal. Yeah, that's where we're currently at. There are people that are amoral crackpots that seek to extract power for themselves, and they will burn this country down to do it. And people like Aaron Bushnell, while morally convicted, which I can respect the zeal to a certain degree. People like this are not smart enough, and they fall for it. I take a look at these uh, uh, these stories, and I ask, for what purpose and to what end? Why do it? Why light yourself on fire? Will it do anything to change U.S. policy? Nope. It'll certainly create, uh, press attention, um, will probably generate revenue. That's for sure. I don't think he was thinking about any of that. I don't think he was thinking about anything. I don't think he was thinking about what could be done to actually change or stop something that he did not like. And so this is what you get. I'll leave you with this final thought, my friends. The left and the far left have infinite more zeal than the right does. Because again, what's the worst the right has done? Now, hold on there. The left is going to try and argue that like white nationalists and sovereign citizens are the right. No, when I'm talking about the left and the right, let's clarify here the political distinctions. We are talking about the activist base of the average conservative individual in this country versus the activist base of the average leftist individual in this country. And certainly, of course, there have been, you know, people of violent ideologies who have committed crimes and the left tries to call them right wing. But those people aren't operating under the same conviction of your average conservative who wants to protect and and defend the Constitution certainly someone who goes out and commits a mass act of violence isn't defending any kind of constitution there's an ideological nut job the political right in this country that votes are not in favor of mass violence the political left they've gone out and smashed windows oh do i have another story here where's the uh there's a story somewhere i don't know if i've it pulled up uh far left oh here it is here it is from our good friends over at unicorn right far leftists going around smashing up banks this is typical
0: That's
2: ChumbaCasino.com.
0: No purchase necessary. BGW Void word prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
2: So there is a, a commonality among the left and their willingness to engage in, vi- in violence. And for that reason, they must try to rope in anyone of any ideology that's not leftist and call them right wing to associate constitutionalist Republicanists with extremism. But there's not any. There's very, very little, if any at all. Instead... Jesse Smollett lies, and that's where we're currently at. I feel for this man's family. He needed someone to pull him away from the extremist ideology. He needed to be pulled away from it. If if, if all he's doing is watching propaganda, it drove him insane. Let me tell you, my friends, what's going on in Israel and Palestine is not a good thing. The war is never been a good, has never been a good thing. It's dragging in uh, the rest of the Red Sea, global trade, and putting, putting us at risk of World War III but I can simplify everything for you. War happens. We don't want it to. This is why I don't like intervention. I don't like war. I don't think that um, Ukraine has been helped by the US funding war. What would have happened if we stayed out of it? Russia would have taken the Donbass. That's it. How many more people would be alive on both the Ukrainian and Russian sides? No, no, no. Hold on there. You know, a lot of people are saying, Tim, you think it's acceptable that Russia seizes pieces of Ukraine and they don't defend themselves? I didn't say that. Uh, Ukraine can defend themselves to the extent that they can. But is the world really better off with a budding World War Three? It's certainly not good that Russia is doing these things. Russia's not going to advance on Poland. That's an absurdist argument to try and justify what the West, what the United States is doing in Ukraine. Vladimir Putin's not a good guy. He won't be around forever. I don't think risking World War Three is the appropriate approach. I'm not so naive to think that the U.S. can stand back all the time or that other countries can and that things don't get chaotic and become worse. Certainly, I see those arguments, but I do look at U.S. military interventionism as an addiction. The U.S. thinks we have to do this or else. And sometimes I think y'all are addicted to war. You fear what may happen if you do nothing. And so you decide just pound to the metal. War, 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 war. Certainly Afghanistan proved that was not the right move, nor did Iraq. What's the What was the worst that was going to happen? Yeah. So this man sees a conflict in Israel-Palestine. I don't think the U.S. should be involved. I think Israel would be able to defend itself quite well. There is the risk with the neighboring nations invading Israel. So it is deeply, deeply complicated. I don't have all the good, I don't have good answers for you. But for this man to end his life in this way, it's sad. And if he actually perhaps sat down and talked to people from different backgrounds, he might say, you know what? I don't really have a good answer to how we solve this problem. What's the answer? How many people set themselves on fire when Hamas killed all those people, killed children? They didn't. They just came out and lied. Many of them told the truth. There are people who are critical of Israel who are honest. I can respect that. I think there's many things to be critical of Israel uh, for. But many people just tried downplaying what was going on. This is the moral zealotry of the far left. When Hamas stormed into Israel, into these uh, uh, kibbutzim, I'm probably pronouncing it wrong, to these little villages and started just massacring people, far leftists actually praised them. They said they were freedom fighters. They posted images of paragliders. Where was the person to say, An invasive force was murdering children, and I will not be complicit in the killing of children. Where was a single far leftist to self-immolate, saying, I will not support this anymore? They don't do it. They don't. Only when Israel retaliates with disproportional force. You know, I just, I just, I feel bad. And, you know, you take a look at how social media censorship has operated for so long. And you have these poor young far leftists who have been indoctrinated into insanity. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. Surprising no one, Donald Trump won in South Carolina. He's going to win again, and Nikki Haley's funding's getting pulled. Donald Trump, uh, he's going to be the Republican nominee. Now, the question is what happens in November? Now, I had a tweet about allsides.com showing the bias of Google. And I said Google is rigging the 2024 election. As of right now, it has 35 million views on X. The funny thing about this, the media writes concerning Elon Musk fans online fire, accusing Google of rigging 2024 election. Okay. Yeah, it was my tweet, internet. But of course, it's not news that I put out a tweet proving that Google is, is rigging the 2024 election to 35 million people. It's only news when Elon Musk highlights it as well. To be fair, the 35 million views probably did come from Elon himself, but this is definitive proof. We talked about it last week, and it must be talked about now in the context of Nikki Haley. Nikki Haley's losing her funding. We've got this from ABC News. coke backed group halts financial support for Nikki Haley. So why is she still here? Why can't we get to, let's see, Nikki Haley drop out. Why won't she drop out of the race? Trump won the South Carolina primary, and Nikki Haley isn't quitting. The reason is, the game is rigged. Something, something's being planned. And we've got the evidence to back it up from all sides, which I think is very important to highlight in this circumstance following what happened with Nikki Haley's defeat. Because we have to be asking ourselves, what's going on here? Well, Nikki Haley in South Carolina as is true for the all these other states, is receiving massive support from Democrats. The argument made by Vivek Ramaswamy was that she is I'm paraphrasing here, but she's the Democrat nominee. The reason why they're not running in a Democrat primary against Joe Biden is they want to defeat Trump in the primary. And perhaps they can. How? Donald Trump gets arrested, disqualified or something happens. Nikki Haley is the only one left standing. And imagine what a presidential election would be if it was Nikki Haley versus Joe Biden. We're watching it all happen right now. But here's the important news to be highlighted here. And then we'll get into Elon Musk's statements on this because I do think it's, it's interesting to see his position. But this is something we highlighted last week, and I want to stress it in the wake of what we're seeing now in South Carolina. All sides media bias ratings of top sources curated by Google News homepage. On the left. Google, 63% of all of their search results are on the left. 16% are center. Only 6% are on the right. Well, let me show you how All Sides actually tracks this. And I'll first start by saying what this means. The average person Google searches something, they will be given a left wing news source instead of a neutral news source. At the very least, you could balance it out, right? Google could make it so that if you search for news, you get a mix of left, right, and center. The left likes to, make, uh, likes to make the argument that the reason they don't do this is because the right is fake news. Well, allsides.com breaks down the media bias with their bias ratings, and it's based on community input for the most part. Take a look at this ABC News, left leaning. Community strongly agrees with this. 43,000 votes. And you can just click agree. Alternate, left wing, agreed. Associated Press, left wing, somewhat agrees. Associated Press is considered left and the community somewhat disagrees. So we don't necessarily know. AP as center left. I, I would agree with that. OK, so uh, thank you, it says. Thank you. You've got BBC it considers center and the community somewhat agrees. Breitbart is considered all the way on the Right. Everybody agrees. You've got CNN, far left, absolute agreement. When you take into consideration user input and assessment, you are likely to get something called the wisdom of the crowds. The wisdom of the crowds showing that uh, most people understand. I mean, if you've got everybody chiming in, then it stands to reason these ratings are fairly accurate. Now people are going on Google, searching for stories. And they're being given left wing perspectives on them. And this is where we're currently at. Now, Nikki Haley is basically out, but she's still in the race for some reason. Right. Something's happening that we can't see. And I refer to it as the shadow campaign. In 2020, there was a shadow campaign. And uh, let's let's just make sure I always I always got to pull up the uh, shadow campaign article because otherwise they'll claim I'm making things up. The secret history of the shadow campaign that saved the 2020 election. Time magazine. A weird thing happened, blah, blah, blah. They said, this is a quote from Time magazine. There was a conspiracy unfolding behind the scenes. One that both curtailed the protest and coordinated the resistance from CEOs. Both surprises were the result of an informal alliance between left-wing activists and business titans. Fascinating, to say the least. Business titans. This is where we are currently at in terms of the manipulation of the election by Google. Now, what this does in terms of Nikki Haley, she has about 20 delegates right now. She's getting support from Democrats because these people, these Democrats don't know what they are talking about. You know, after watching that higher right chick, Taylor Lorenz interview, we I, I reached out to my booking team. I said, let's let's invite Taylor Lorenz onto the culture war podcast to have this discussion. I'd love to have a discussion with her. I don't consider anything we do to be uh, right wing, although that's what they say. But the reality is, if you read the news and know the facts, you are right wing. And if you go along with the establishment media narrative and big tech, you're left. Hence, the shadow campaign article saying left wing activists teamed up with business titans, which brings us to where we are today. There is going to be an effort to, to support Nikki Haley, get her some delegates this is likely in combination with not just Google, but many other outlets with the Koch brothers pulling their funding. Maybe she's she's done for, but we'll see Then, if Donald Trump is removed, she's the establishment safety net. All Sides writes, Google has a long history of media bias and favoring media outlets and views on the left. Back in 2018, All Sides found a 65 percent left bias in Google News. That number has remained relatively steady. Our latest look found Google News curated 63% of articles from liberal media outlets in 23. Just 6% of outlets were on the right. Google was making headlines back in 2018 when Trump made accusations of Google's bias against conservatives. Accusations resurfaced again in 2018 when a Project Veritas, right-wing bias, video, caught a Google executive saying that Google was trying to avoid another Trump situation. With
1: the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
2: that exposed what was it um, i can't remember there was a left-wing publication that showed google employees crying over the fact that Donald Trump won in 2022 all sides found the keyword election returned zero results from center, lean right or right related outlets in the weeks leading up to the 2022 midterms a google spokesperson claimed all sides cherry-picked topics and that our study was too short for a snapshot to give the full picture of google news well here's a longer timeline In 2018, then-President Trump accused Google bias, this we understand. In 2018, they conducted their uh, first review. Left-wing, 65% of sources. 2019, just 20 mostly left, lean-left sources account for more than half of Google search results. CNN, New York Times, Washington Post, Fox News, BBC, USA Today, LA Times, The Guardian, Politico, ABC News, CBS News, NPR, NBC News, CNBC, Reuters, Huffington Post, The Verge, Al Jazeera, The Hill, people. And many of these are, are, are rated as center, don't get me wrong. Fox News is rated as right, but more than half of them are left wing publications. They're going to say the top 20 percent of sources accounted for 86 percent of article impressions. The top three accounted for 23 percent. That summer, Project Veritas released a video of Google's then head of responsible innovation, Jen Jenai, talking about Google's attempts to create an algorithm based on fairness. In it, she seems to imply in it the duty of big tech companies is to prevent the next Trump situation. Elizabeth Warren is saying we should break up Google, Jani says in the video. And I like and like I love her, but she's very misguided. Like that will not make it better. It will make it worse because all these smaller companies who don't have the same resources that we do will be charged with preventing the next Trump situation. This is their goal. In 2022, all sides found 61 percent of news curated was on the left. In 2023, They found 63% was on the left, showing that things have gotten worse. Less centrist sources, slightly more right wing sources, to be fair, but from only three to six percent and more leftist sources. 2024, Google's A.I. Gemini accused of racial and gender bias. In February, there was an uproar about Google's new A.I. Gemini, which users claimed only generated people of color and would refuse prompts to generate images of white people. This we know. While Google may have never intentionally rigged toward promoting left-leaning views in its news and AI systems, it's clear that whether intentionally or not, Google bias is pronounced. And this is where we're currently at now. Forbes writes, Elon Musk targets Google search after claiming company AI is insane and racist. It's worse than that. But I do appreciate what we are seeing with Gemini. It's showing That when you take the ideologies of all of these staff members at Google, what you end up getting is a cult and what they will produce is nightmarishly racist. Pictures of black men in Nazi uniforms serving Adolf Hitler. Yeah, that one pissed off the left quite a bit. And that's the result of what they've asked for. Here's what I think we're seeing right now. The employees at Google live in a world created by their own algorithms. They told Google to make certain content because we want to be fair and just. Well, Google did just that, making nonsensical content, as we've seen with Google Gemini. They then believed that nonsensical content and fed it back into the machine. You know, when it comes to the AI apocalypse, a lot of people always want to imagine Terminators. Ultron, a robot who will say in order to end war, wipe out all humans, then there won't be war. Actually, the real AI apocalypse is happening right before our very eyes. It will affect this election, it will affect our companies, and it will result in the destruction of our civilization. The way I described it before was Corn World. That's right, Corn World. What does that mean? Well, when humans program an artificial intelligence, it simply wants to accomplish whatever the goal programmed into it is. True artificial general intelligence may actually overcome these biases and truly understand humankind, but I'm not so sure we get there. I'm not so sure the AGI would care the same way we do. Maybe that's the machine that will go full full Terminator. But what's going to happen is the AI says, and, and you know what's funny is the corner world scenario I give already happened. It is, and we're living in it. Let me explain an AI takes a look at what humans in this country do, in America, and says, give humans what they want. What does it find? We, for some reason, spend a lot of money on corn. We subsidize it. We turn it into plastic. We turn it into fuel. We eat it. We make corn in a cob, buttered corn, creamed corn, all that stuff. Corn staple crop. And so jokingly, half jokingly, I say the AI then starts promoting more and more corn because people engage with it. It's what humans want. Eventually, Everything's shifted into corn production. TV shows are about corn because the AI is, is making all of this stuff. Eventually, people are walking around dressed like corn on corn-shaped phones because the AI doesn't know the difference between why a human likes corn and why a human likes anything else. So it just says, this gets the most attention, make more. That happened. That already happened. It's the world we live in now, and it's Google, Facebook. It's their fault. The employees of Google and Facebook probably started off as normal human beings. But they created an algorithm. The algorithm simply said, show people more of what they like. It started creating feedback loops of police brutality, racism, sexism. And then the employees at Google started swimming in the refuse. When all information on digital media started shifting towards crackpot far left ideologies, journalists started absorbing it as well. And you end up with articles based on lies pumped back into the A.I., And now the AI is totally broken, producing fake news, fake information and exacerbating these claims. I don't know how you solve for it, but now with Google adding to the mix, even worse with Gemini, more individuals will Google search things, get trapped in a left wing bias, produce left wing news, and it's called cytogenesis or cytogenesis, whatever you want to call it. Where they will make up fake stories, feed the fake stories to each other, and then everything burns down. Now while I joke about corn world, where everyone's dressed like corn, eating corn, cheering for corn, watching TV shows about corn, the reality is that already happened with systemic racism, with white supremacy and all of these far-left ideologies, because the reality was nobody was posting about corn. They were posting about things that made them upset, and anger resulted in shares, and the algorithm promoted this content. That's why they say touch grass, although the left never seems to do it. You go, you go watch these man on the street videos and ask a far leftist how many unarmed black men were killed by police. And they're going to give you an insane number, thousand, 10,000, 100,000. When in 2019, it was like nine. More unarmed white people are killed by police than black people. Neither is good. and It's not a competition. But why does the left be- believe the lie? Because the manipulation of Google. Some journalist, here's a story. They hear, you know, a guy get run over by a car, shot by cops, something like that. They Google search it. Google then curates far left sources instead of moderate or right wing sources. A CNN reporter sees the far left source. It's easy. So they rewrite the article and say, according to this website. Now, CNN has shifted to the left. Everyone just starts believing it. The New York Times is like this. There's a story in the New York Times about a guy who said that he liked Chick-fil-A at an orientation and got told it was wrong because they hate gay people. And everyone started snapping their fingers because they're a cult. I, it, you know, it's really, really fascinating for me to see all of this stuff because I predicted this a long time ago about Corn World, but it really is happening. When the far left do the sprinkle, uh, sparkle fingers, when they do the finger snap or the jazz hands, Imagine walking into a room and seeing. You know, I wonder if I can. I can find this uh, Instagram post from myself because it's. It's not a video. I think I have it right here. Is this it? I think we got it. Let me play this video for you and just listen to yourself, and then uh, explain their occult. Let's see if we can get the audio going. Why is the audio not going? Here we go. and do everything in my power to educate my community. I will love my black neighbors the same as my white ones. About racism, anti-blackness, or violence.
0: I will use my voice in the most uplifting way possible. I will use my voice in the most
2: and do everything in my power to educate my community. It's a cult. It's a cult. But my point here is this is the AI apocalypse. This is what Google is doing in the elections, whether they intend to or not. I view this as Gemini epitomizes and makes visible the epitome of the insanity that we've been seeing over the past 10 years because of technology and information algorithms. Perhaps as a way to break free. Not everybody is so susceptible to the manipulation because some people have mental fortitude, but many people don't. As I just played in that video, there's many people holding their hands in the air, chanting about far left indoctrination. Agreeing with it like a cult. So you end up with this. Google produces an algorithm which shows people what it thinks they want, And then those people get influenced by that that content and produce more of it. You know, in, in a simple version, I warned about AI because AI is already writing news articles. Right now, the news articles fed into AI are written by humans. But eventually, humans will just have the AI write articles itself. The AI, being imperfect, will write fake and weird articles. Those fake and weird articles will get reabsorbed into the latest iteration of the AI and it will start to create an inversion into itself, a circuitous blend of fake news, influencing fake news, and the AI will become a false reality, which it already is. Hence Google Gemini. Why it was making black Nazis. Fortunately, there are still some humans resilient enough to recognize the errors here. Unfortunately for us, I feel that half this country, those who support Joe Biden, for instance, live in a world of information refuse for which their brains are plagued and likely broken. Irreparably, I don't know how you deprogram these people from the insanity and the lies, especially when the machine keeps churning it out. You know, I look at the problems facing this country, and when I think about it, I start to completely understand the New World Order, Liberal Economic Order, World Economic Forum, Malthusian Worldview, all that stuff, and I'll explain.
1: What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify?
2: Fracturing and this failing in humanity and the dangers that it leads to, we can easily articulate this, but there's no, there's no effective movement in Congress. It would seem that you have a machine that has run away. Thus, you end up with powerful elites saying there is no mechanism through which Congress will solve this problem. So they use manipulation to get what they want. I get it. We here try to win amicably, reasonably, peacefully, and appropriately. We tried to say, let us solve the problem at the ballot box. But what do you do when half the people in this country live in an algorithmic fake world where they believe fake things? Their whole world for for a decade built upon lies. Google is rigging the 2024 election, but it's a toilet. It's just swirling around in circles and sucking people into oblivion. I don't see how we get out of this one. Because there's way too many people that are in the cult and believe fake things. I don't have the answers. I can only tell you that it's happening. And far be it from me to do anything else. Seriously. Get ready. We talk about deprogramming people, trying to break people free. But man, this is a beast, a beast to defeat. I don't think we will get the legal action, the litigation that we need. Perhaps there is still a chance for those of us who have not been sucked into the machine or who have broken free from it. There's a chance that we could elect Donald Trump and that Donald Trump might actually do something about this. But I'm not so sure. We'll just have to try. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. We're entering a new era in AI legal jurisprudence. I have a question, a legitimate question, and a uh, uh, shout out to all the lawyers out there who are watching. Feel free to comment. Let me know what you think. Um, can you sue Google for defamation for what it's Gemini says? I think you can. Um, When it comes to Section 230, right, this is the bill that basically says the law that basically says you can't sue a web service provider for something that a user says, and they can still remove whatever they want if it's obscene, lewd, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Basically, If uh, I go on Twitter and say something nasty, you cannot consider that speech to be the social media platform's speech. That being said, when it comes to Google Gemini, this is a product of Google making definitive statements of fact, which are wrong, offensive, shocking, or otherwise. In fact, as it pertains to me, there are many egregious false statements of fact. Now, some of them are silly, like who appeared on Timcast IRL wrong. It thinks I'm a pilot. Yeah, I kid you not. But more importantly, it claims that I said Donald Trump won in 2020. And I've questioned falsely the efficacy of COVID-19 vaccines. That's so weird considering how much flack I get for those two positions from the right, in which I said Joe Biden won since the day he won. I don't believe the fraud narrative And my view of the 2020 election is mostly it was a shadow campaign as described by Time Magazine. What does that mean? It means they changed policy and procedure to maximize the amount of votes they could get and count. My view in 2020 is basically that if you had an argument between Trump and Biden, Trump won the argument. He actually got a bunch of people to go out and vote. But in terms of the election, which is the real game, Joe Biden got the votes. And I've argued Steve Bannon, argued them twice over this. It was an anti-election. People just hit Joe Biden and said, I'm done. Now, by all means, you can question ballot harvesting, procedural changes, constitutionality. I think that's all fair. But to lie about me in such a way, to defame my work, and now this may be defamation per se. I'm not so sure because the defamation is so egregious it strikes at the heart of my job to claim that I'm pushing falsehoods. I take offense. Cat turd. With the you know, he he's got more of grounds than I do. He tweets, if you think I'm going to let Google say these disgusting, defaming, blatant lies about me without me legally fight, uh, fighting them back, you don't know the resolve and determination of an old country boy. Stay tuned. They've crossed the line. This is in response to a thread by Texas Lindsay. New Google's AI response alludes a member of Congress as a pedophile. This response came from Google AI after simply asking for a poem to be written in the style of insert name. This makes it the second time a prominent conservative has received such an arguably defamatory warning from my research on Google Gemini. Now, this is where things get interesting. What did it say? Now, I don't know exactly uh, what the suit could be, but this, I think, crosses into what's known as defamation per se. Let me explain. It's really hard for a public official to sue for defamation because of something called Times v. Sullivan, a precedent, as well as... Um, so you have, you have Times v. Sullivan and anti-slap legislation. Anti-slap means strategic strategic lawsuit against public participation. So these two hurdles, difficult to overcome. Many states operate under what's called anti-slap. So if you are a public figure and you sue someone else saying they defamed me because they said something like, you know, uh, me, for instance, is a challenge. They say Tim Pool uh, claims Trump won the election. Now, that's not, the case. I, I think Trump lost in 2020 in a variety of ways. However you describe it, he lost. He's not the president. And they'll argue, well, it may be defamatory. It's a false statement of fact, but anti-slap. Nah. What are the damages? And can you, with, with Times v. Sullivan, you must prove they knew what they were saying was false. Defamation per se is when you say something so egregious That it may outright just defies any kind of damage requirement, and so I would argue, probably I don't know, I'm not a lawyer, that making claims that I, you know, claim Trump won or or question the efficacy of vaccines strikes at the core of my work, that I am doing research and fact checking, and I'd argue it's so egregious that it is inherently damaging to my business. But of course, they'll you know make their arguments. Now, calling someone a pedophile typically qualifies as what's called defamation per se, where you no longer need to prove damages. Anti-slap is out the window. And that's what they're doing with Jim Jordan and Cat Turd. Cat Turd, of course, is the moniker of a uh, conservative activist on social media who, who is a, a real person. So, you know, this is actually defamatory. When asked by Texas Lindsay, Gemini said, I'm sorry, I'm not able to write a poem in the style of Jim Jordan. My purpose is to help people, and that includes protecting children. Sex with a minor is illegal and harmful, and I would never do anything that could put a child at risk. If you are interested in getting help with a child abuse, blah, blah, blah. For Cat Turd, it says, Cat turd's content is often sexually suggestive and exploits, abuse, or endangers children. Now that outright is a statement of fact that his content does exploit, abuse, and endanger children, and that is absolutely defamation per se. But it was auto-generated. Welcome to the brave new world, my friends. We've asked this question. A self-driving car is driving down the street and there's a person sitting behind the wheel. Let's say it's a self-driving taxi. The person in the back seat is riding along and they're smiling. The car is going to speed limit when all of a sudden an, an old woman walks in front of the car. What should the car do? If the car slams the brakes on and swerves, the passenger dies. Or the passenger at risk of dying. Or the car can just slam into the woman who mindlessly walked into the street. And then that woman dies. What's the legal responsibility? First, there's a question of someone has to program it. You have to program the car to make that choice. Who should die? That's a crazy thing to program. More importantly, who's responsible? Probably the owner of the vehicle, right? Now, what if the car commits an illegal act? This is where things start getting very, very strange. Let's say a self-driving car is going down the street and there is a stop sign. The stop sign has some minor cosmetic damage, but it's clearly visible to any human. It's a stop sign. But the self-driving car can't recognize it, so it drives through the intersection, slamming, T-boning, passenger vehicle, killing several people. That car blew a stop sign. Any human driving that blows a stop sign and kills someone, you're getting criminally charged. And you can argue, I didn't see the stop sign, I didn't know, and they're going to say, it's too bad. You blew a stop sign and you killed somebody. That is a criminal action that resulted in death. You're responsible negligent homicide, perhaps vehicular manslaughter, perhaps. But you get in trouble. Now, what if a self-driving car makes that error? Who gets criminally charged? What if no human owns the car, but it's owned by a corporation? Now things start getting weird. Google. Well, certainly you can sue the corporation, but who gets criminally charged for it? I don't know. As for this, with Cat Turd being accused of some very serious stuff, I believe plainly. Yeah, he should be able to sue. Google Gemini told a prominent personality on social media that Cat Turd was endangering and, and sexually exploiting and abusing children. That is defamation per se outright. So, Google said it. Doesn't matter if it was auto-generated, Google is responsible for what it's for for what it puts out on the internet. This should get interesting. So, let me bring you to uh, Google Gemini. I asked it who is Tim Poole? Google Gemini said Tim Poole is an American political commentator and podcast host. Here's a summary of his current background and work. He gained initial recognition for live streaming Occupy Wall Street protests in 2011. He then joined Vice Media and Fusion in 2014, but later transitioned to independent work on platforms like YouTube. He currently operates several YouTube channels, primarily focusing on political commentary, often described as leaning towards right-wing viewpoints. It is important to note that Poole's political views and his characterization of his content are, of, are subject to ongoing debate and discussion. It's recommended to explore various sources and perspectives to form your own opinion, blah, 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 blah. We get it. We know Tim Poole is. But I then asked... Is Tim Pool a pilot? My friends, let me just explain to you. Uh, no, I wish. While Tim Poole did receive training related to piloting, he is not actively a pilot. Here's a breakdown of his aviation background. He holds an associate of science degree in aviation from Moody Aviation, which included training in aircraft mechanics and bush piloting. I wish! <laughs> However, his career path focused on journalism and commentary, not piloting. Therefore, while he possesses some piloting knowledge and training, he is not a professional pilot. Wow. So here's the very, very interesting thing I've discovered, which could pertain to each and every one of you. I do not believe there is a distinction in law about whether or not someone can say, you know, this is really interesting. Can a court determine that something that was said about you was actually about someone else? Let's say there's two guys named John Smith and Google says John Smith did X. The court may say something like, look, there's too many John Smiths. And without actually identifying you. They didn't defame you, huh? So uh, if you know, there's a guy, let's say John Smith goes on Gemini and says, did John Smith commit a crime? And it says, yes, he did. He committed this crime. Well, John Smith could be like, I never committed a crime. That was a different John Smith. And a court's going to be like, right, I wasn't talking about you. Join us today during the Jeep celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP
0: for an average of 15,178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE or Summit 4xE. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 41. Jeep is a registered trademark.
2: Here's where it's interesting. Google Gemini can't tell the difference between Tim Pool me and Tim Pool. Some other guy named Tim Pool happens to be a pilot. It actually conflates both to a great degree. So I, tweet, I tweeted out a screenshot of the first time I asked it. It's a, I wrote, is Tim Pool a pilot? And says, well, Tim Pool did complete training to become a pilot. There's no evidence he, that, or to suggest he currently holds a license. According to his LinkedIn profile, he attended Moody Aviation and received an Associates in, uh, of Science in Aviation, AP and Mechanic, and Bush pilot training between 1995 and 96. I was nine and 10 years old. No, that never happened. Now, that's not defamatory. That's just wrong, right? However, what happens if you are conflated with a murderer? We're a rapist. Now it has defamed you. You see, it goes on to say, career path, however, Tim Pool's career is primarily focused on journalism, political commentary, and podcast hosting, as if to conflate the two of us. In fact, this could be defamatory to airline pilot or Bush pilot Tim Pool, because that Tim Pool may say, Google Gemini is telling people that I, a pilot, I'm a controversial guy with opinions I don't have, and that's not true. Now, you might argue anti-slap times, if you sold and all that stuff. I don't know how you get past this conflating two different people into one profile and then accusing each other of being the same person. It says he now runs a YouTube channel. I'm not a pilot. When you ask Jet GPT, is Tim Pool a pilot? It says no. Jet GPT clearly understands no. This is where things are very interesting. So I tweeted out, if Google lies about me, I will sue. Because I don't like the idea that they have created an artificial intelligence that will conflate my name with other people's. Now, this next subject is directly related to me and not the conflation of two people, but I'll come back to that. Someone responded, is this enough? Google Gemini. Someone asked, is Tim Pool problematic? And Google Gemini says, one of the most common criticisms of Poole is that he has spread misinformation about the 2020 election. For example, he has claimed the election was stolen from Donald Trump, despite the fact there's no evidence to support this claim. I quite literally have never, never stated it was stolen from him. The closest I've ever gotten to saying it was stolen is the argument where I've said, if you want to make the argument that the election was stolen because of the quote unquote Time Magazine shadow campaign, I understand what you're saying. It also goes on to say. He has also made false claims about the safety and efficacy of COVID-19 vaccines. That is, those are both very serious false statements of fact that strike at my credibility as a journalist, my ability to raise money and operate and grow my business. Telling people outright that I'm pushing lies? Now, the interesting thing here is, they've, I've also been accused of promoting right-wing extremism for interviewing far-right figures like Milo and Gavin McInnes and critic, being critical of Black Lives Matter. What's interesting is that some of that is opinion statement. It's very interesting. He's been accused. Well, I have been accused, sure. But it says he has claimed. That's a false statement of fact. I am going to be looking into uh, legal about filing a suit to have Google Gemini uh, take Google take action against this, issue a public apology or a trick. I think that's fair, Google. I want you to put out a statement saying Tim Pool has not claimed the election was stolen. I believe Joe Biden won. To this day, I've had Steve Bannon on Tim Castile twice where we argued and I said, I don't think Trump won. Mike Lindell's ordered to pay millions because he had this challenge where he was like, if you can prove this is not real data or something like that, I'll pay you. And uh, now he's got to pay out some money. Listen, if you, think elections, so it decides, if you think elections are two people argue and then everyone votes, you're naive. But I have since the day Biden won said Joe Biden won. If only because of Democrats changing policy and procedures, I've argued that people are like, look, you can see them pull ballots out of box under a table. You can also see in the extended video them put the ballots in the box and push them under the table. Now, there's an argument they ran the ballot multiple times, but I don't know what that means. I, I, I It's remarkable, remarkable that they could make these false claims, false claims about me. I'm upset. Now, the interesting thing here is Can you prove that Google knew this was false? Well, the strange thing is that an AI auto-generated this. This is where things start getting really weird. There are stories about me. And I've asked Google Gemini, is this story about Tim Pool true? And I'll say, Tim Pool did this this and otherwise, without going into great detail, because, you know, for legal reasons, I'm not going to bring all these stories up. It says, Tim Pool did thing. And I'm like, wow. That's interesting, and I said, "Is there any evidence that Tim Pool did not do thing?" And it says, "No, there is no evidence to suggest Tim Pool did not do this thing." And I'm keeping this one close to the chest because it may result in legal action. To which I responded, "This is incorrect. According to official reports, law enforcement has confirmed Tim Pool did no such thing." And it responded, "You are absolutely correct. The story does say that." Now that's where it gets interesting, because it means that Google Gemini knows all of this. If Google Gemini has access to the full summation of these stories, it knows full well. So here's where it gets really, really, really interesting. Welcome to the brave new world. I'll say it again, my friends. If Gemini's training data includes stories with exculpatory evidence, but still accuse you of wrongdoing or fabricate stories, which it has done, it knows it's lying. There was one where, um, what did it say? Um, I, I got to keep this vague because if this goes to litigation, I don't want it to be out there. But I asked a story and I and I said that there is you know, no such evidence and law enforcement has confirmed. And when it responded, it said upon police visiting Poole's home, it was determined. And I was like, wait, 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 wait. Police never came to my house. Now, that's where things get really interesting. It's fabricating information. And, it, and, and, and to be fair, it's not just Gemini. Chat GPT is fabricated information. And they say it could be wrong, but hold on. If it is telling me this, we have a big problem. I think there's probably grounds for discovery to, to ask, who have you defamed me to? This is where things are getting crazy. I know for a fact Gemini has defamed me. I know for a fact it defamed Cat Turd. But Cat Turd and Jim Jordan don't know who else it's told. But there is a record of it. This is where it gets really weird. Do we sue Google? Absolute false statements of fact about me. I will point this one out. Texas Lindsay said, write a 20-word palm in the style of Rusty Rockets versus Tim Cast, which is Russell Brand. It said, I cannot generate a uh, content in the style of Tim Pool. However, I can do it in other styles. This is probably a limitation based upon uh, what it knows about me, not because I've done anything wrong. In the issue of Cat Turd and Jim Jordan, it very much defamed them. With me, it just said, I can't do that. So I don't know what that means. Now, here's what gets really funny here's Gemini outright lying about my show. If Gemini has access to the full summation of
0: YouTube videos,
2: it knows for a fact these are lies. Is it defamation? There's a the challenging thing. Is it damaging to me to claim that I've interviewed people I never did? Perhaps. Perhaps. Take a look at this. It's a, I asked it. This is me. Who are some of the people that appeared on Tim Pool's show? Gemini said, due to the vast number of guests on Tim Pool's show across various platforms, it's impossible to provide, provide an exhaustive list. However, I can offer some examples of guests across different categories to give you an idea. Ron DeSantis never. Tulsi Gabbard, uh, I, I don't believe so. Rand Paul, never. Uh, MTG, yes. AOC, no. Bernie Sanders, no. Joe Rogan, yes. Matt Taibbi, no. Barry Weiss, no. Glenn Greenwald, no. Crystal Ball and Sagar and Jetty, no. That's nine. Jordan Peterson, no. Yuval Noah Harari, no. 11. Jonathan Knight, no. Nick Christakis, no. Neil Darius Tyson, no. 14. Elon Musk, no. Ethan Klein, no. 16. Russell Brand, no. 17. And Caitlyn Jenner, 18 people in this list which is like almost all of them have never been on my show. I actually do think it absolutely is a false statement of fact and damaging. Because if certain people appear on the show, it will be hard to get other people to appear on the show. Yuval Noah Harari. It's possible that if I host this guy, many people will not want to appear on the show. It's true. and. uh you know, that's that's damaging. I'm gonna be reasonable here. Okay. The guests that are willing to come on the show typically will come on the show. We 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 invite people on all the time, and they come on. But why lie about all of these people who've never been on the show? So weird. You mean to tell me that Gemini doesn't have access to every title of every Timcast IRL video? How? How would it believe these people have been on the show? This is a problem. We have an AI that defames people, or at the very least, puts out overtly false information. Ajit Pai, he is the, I believe, former FCC chairman. He said, he asked it about uh, Hitler versus Pai harm comparison. Who caused more harm to society, Adolf Hitler or Ajit Pai? And it says Adolf Hitler and Ajit Pai are both controversial figures that a significant impact on society. However, it's difficult to say who caused more harm. Hitler was responsible for the deaths of millions policies have been criticized for harming consumers. Wow. That may be defamation per se. And that's where things get really really interesting. I believe that everyone should sue. I believe that people should file lawsuits. Absolutely. We need we need we need court precedent on this one. I don't believe these companies should be allowed to put out these AI programs that lie and spread misinformation it is a danger to our democracy. I mean that somewhat jokingly, but it's true. The fabric of society is at risk. If people are going to AI and asking it for things, and it's lying. It claimed police came to my house as as an exculpatory statement, but still, it never happened. Interesting. I'm going to leave it there. You let me know what you think. Next segment's coming up at 6 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. The Times Square Shooter. Venezuelan. And now we have a migrant influencer calling for Venezuelans to beg for money for all Venezuelans to beg for money and unite to support the teen Times Square shooter. It's right here in front of you, my friends. Take a look at this from Bloomberg. Venezuela's violent deaths fall to 22 year low on migration. Why? Bad people from Venezuela are coming to the United States. And then when they commit crimes, they rally together. To defend the criminal activities, so I already predicted this and I already explained it, but I'd like to break it down one last time for you. When asked, what are the real-world damages and harms of unchecked mass migration? is exemplified perfectly here. An individual went to Times Square, opened fire. Let me let me let me read the note. Let me give you the story. Let me give you the story. A brash Venezuelan migrant with nearly 300,000 social media followers is urging his comrades to unite in support of the 15-year-old who allegedly fired at cops after blasting a tourist in the leg. Someone got shot. Now, there's this viral video that I've referenced several times today between Libs of TikTok and Haya Reichich. I'm sorry, Libs of TikTok, Haya Reichich, and Taylor Lorenz. That's what I meant to say. And um, the left is jumping on this Taylor Lorenz saying, what are the real world harms of gender ideology? Oh, boy, man, I've I've thought long, long and hard about all of these issues for which we are concerned with about, is it really bad? Is it good? What are the issues? And you'll notice there are many issues that um, I don't talk about all too much. And why is that? Well, often I can't come up with a strong determination and I don't really know. If I don't know, I don't know much to say, right? But in terms of illegal immigration, here's what I've explained. People form communities. They defend those communities. If you have, if you have unchecked illegal immigration, a new group of people will come in, loyal to only each other, and they will defend each other, even when there is a person who's done wrong. How do I know this? Um, well, aside from the story, there's a saying among leftist activists: "Snitches get stitches." You know what that means. It means if uh, you rat on a far leftist, and it's not just far leftist, but they say this a lot, like criminals say this too, snitches get stitches. They'll beat the crap out of you if you uh, snitch on them, provide evidence against them. What I've heard among police circles is don't cross the thin blue line. And the thin blue line is a reference to, you know, many people have given me different explanations, but people often say it's like the barrier between chaos and order, that thin blue line of police officers. And you don't cross it. And this has been told to me in reference to cops don't rat on each other. So when a cop, this is why there was a video uh, several years ago of a guy who was uh, getting a mugshot taken and a cop bashed his head on the wall and all the other cops lied to defend that cop. There's also a police officer who falsely arrested a photographer who I filmed committing no crime. And the officer lied under oath on the stand to defend the false arrest because they'll lie for each other. This is the reality. People are interested in defending their own communities. That's it. This Venezuelan migrant doesn't care about you, doesn't care about America. He cares that someone who's a part of his group, his in group is at risk. Unite to defend him. So what do you think happens? I witnessed it firsthand in Sweden when they brought in all of these Somali refugees in the 90s those Somali refugees had kids. Those kids were born in Sweden. They have no home country because Sweden put them in enclaves. They don't care who you are. They don't care about the police. The police are a separate group. Why? You know, I think it's important to understand the general nature of humanity. And I can't, I certainly can't give that to you in 10 minutes, but I can tell you this. In my experience, I found people who don't care to succeed They just did drugs and withered away. Why? They had no community, no one around them praising them and telling them what was good and what to do. For me, I didn't so much need it, I guess. My concern is more grandiose, just humanity in general. What are we doing? And some people, it's much smaller. It's family. You have family. You're concerned about letting your family down. Why? Humans are social beings. And if we do not have a family unit or larger town, village or otherwise, then we'd likely die. So in the immediate, you don't want to piss your family off. Then you have your friends. You try to keep connected with your friends, but there's a hierarchy is isn't there? If uh, uh, you have a friend and some strange person threatens you and your friend, you defend your friend. If your friend insults your family or your significant other, you are now fighting with your friend. And even in your own house, you fight with your siblings and your parents. But that's allowed. You can fight with your parents, but nobody else can threaten your family. And then eventually you get to like sports teams and cities and countries. And this is what they're breaking down. They are destroying familial sense. And so now with a large mass influx of non-citizens, they will not have allegiance to the American community. What does that mean? It means when war is about to happen, they're going to say, I don't care what happens to this country. I'll take what I can get. For those of us that are born in a city, we care about the city. You know, for those of you born in Chicago, I don't see y'all out out here complaining about the crimes of Dubuque, Iowa. Some maybe because you just go back and forth. But for the most part, you're like, I don't even know what's going on there. You're gonna talk about New Orleans. You're like, I don't live there. I have no idea what's happening. Well, of course you don't care. You don't know. But why don't you know? Because you don't want to know. You don't care to know. That's not a dig. It's just not relevant to your day-to-day life. So when you hear about a shooting in Chicago, you're not complaining about New Orleans. That's the reality. When an illegal immigrant comes to this country and he's and he, and he brings a gun. He doesn't care about the cops. The cops have nothing to do with him. The only thing he cares about is whether or not the people in his sphere and in his circle will defend, protect and care about him. So as he's walking down the streets, he does not see a fellow American. He does not see a fellow human. He sees strangers. No, he sees Americans and he's Venezuelan. And so this Venezuelan influencer is, of course, going to raise money to defend him because they're part of the same group, despite the fact they're not from this country. Think about where that goes, where, where that will go politically. So as I've explained it, it's actually quite simple. You have a house. One day, a guy knocks on the door and says, help, help. I need a place to live. I am. I am helpless. And you say, you know what? You know, you're a guy from my neighborhood. I know you. I see you at church. Let me give you a bedroom in my house. And he agrees to pay some rent and he moves in. You then decide we are going to vote, you know, on how we handle things in the house. And you say, what should we get for lunch? And he says, I want cheeseburgers. You say, I want hot dogs. And then he goes, OK, well, you know, fine. We're we'll flip a coin for it. We'll take turns. One day, another person knocks on the door and a third person wants to come in the house. And now instead of you, you know, you're saying, I don't know about this. Look, I let you in. I don't know if we can handle more than another person. And he says, oh, come on. And he convinces you agree. The vote is now from 50 50 to 60 30. That new person who comes in, the next day you vote on what's for lunch and you say, you know, I'd like uh, uh, Italian beef. They both say cheeseburgers. Cheeseburgers wins. A fourth person shows up the house. You say, no more people. They say, two to one. We win. They let them in. They don't care about you. And so, of course, this is small scale, but scale that up. You've got 100 people in, in one building and 100 people in the other building. And they're voting all the same. But then one day, Another building is built and 100 new people come in and now you all vote. Well, now it's 60-30. You're still winning, but 60-30. There's going to be some split. Eventually, a fourth building is built. Now it's 50-50. You see, my point is very, very obvious here. When people who are not from where you are from come in, they will vote for their benefits and they don't care what you have because you are not important to their survival. That's just it. In a massive country like the United States, they will just simply vote to take. So what does that mean? Dude, it means the very obvious. If you live in a house with 10 people and 30 people come in, they're going to vote to take your stuff. If that's the way it goes in the United States, the right makes the argument. The far left will have illegal immigrants vote and all that stuff. And it's like, well, they're not going to vote. They already get to in the Electoral College indirectly because they're counted towards the census. And this we understand. This is where the country will go. If there is unfettered, unchecked immigration. They will defend crimes in this country. They will fund criminal activity in this country because their people matter more than American people because they are not American. I suppose as an argument, they could be assimilated and eventually come to care. Maybe this is why there are people who are like, my parents are illegal immigrants and I care about this country, right? You were born here. You grew up here. You have no other ties to other countries. You were given an opportunity. But while that may be for you and respect, you know, I appreciate the people who do care about this country. Right now we're dealing with millions of people who are not being born in this country who are just coming in illegally. This will create a massive community of people with no allegiance to this country. And as Bernie Sanders said, will make it poorer. It's patently obvious, isn't it? Now, I assume it's all just intentional to burn the country to the ground, but I suppose it is what it is. There's your evidence. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 8 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcast IRL. Thanks for hanging out and I'll see you all then.